Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode, sometimes I have to have those awkward situations with athletes where they really want to hit a quicker time, and I sort of sit with them and say, "Look, in this shape today." you would find that a struggle. If you went off at that pace, it would be a big gamble and things would have to go really well or training will have to improve in the next so many weeks and because you're probably not quite there yet. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot and here's your host, Jake Lowe. Well, welcome to the show, Running with Jake, the podcast. We're here, I'm the host, Jake Lowe, running coach, all that sort of stuff. Pete, the producer, non-running guy of the show. I feel like we've been, like, we started this podcast recording about an hour ago, like, setting up. I don't, what were you messing about with? Like, technical stuff and cameras and, like, we just record the show. We're busy people, we've got stuff to do. Our listeners are busy people. We, they... We need to crack on. We, we were supposed to hook up at nine o'clock and you called me at nine, which was great because normally I have to call you and you were fiddling about in the kitchen at the time. So I thought I'd take the opportunity to fiddle about on the computer and set up some multi-camera angles for the the, the, the podcast, which is audio only. Um, <laughs> so totally irrelevant, completely irrelevant to everybody listening. And then you started, um, what, hanging up some clothes on a clothes horse or something and then that... And then that's where the time went to, um, and I've sorted my, I've sorted out my multi-camera angle. Good. You've sorted out your, your, your clothes horse, so we're all happy, aren't we? Are we happy? Yeah, yeah. I put, I put the wash out. That's my particular responsibility. The training kit. I did find an anti-carb gel wrapper in the pocket, which oh, I need to tell Martina yeah. about. We went for a run, a bit different on Sunday. People that follow me on Strava may have seen a long run in Bournemouth. Never, I've never been to Bournemouth before. Oh. Do you know what mm. that beach? It's about 20 miles long. It just mm. goes on forever. I mean, it's not quite 20 miles, but it is long. So we just literally ran all the way down uh, the, the promenade and turned around and ran back. It was great, actually. But yeah, empty carb gel wrapper in the pocket. I'm, I'm hoping it was like, you know, I, I don't want sticky shorts. I, I really hope it's not like leaked and stuff. I don't, I don't want that. Man. I can imagine it's um, it's not as bad as a tissue, is it, that's caught in your shorts, but you, you don't really want to You be. know my thing with tissues in clothes. I, I, don't, I, just, I actually have a post-it note, quite genuinely, on the washing machine that says, check the pockets, you twat. No, genuinely. <laughs> no, that's not... I promise you, with all of my heart, that is not a joke. That I, I actually took a photo to send to my... I think I've sent it to you before, actually. Yeah, did, I've seen to, it. Yeah. To send to my runners. So, look, this is... Because it's just so frustrating... And I just always, always, always forget to check the pockets. Just irritating. Anyway, look, we're not talking mm, washing mm. kit today. We are talking training. Super excited. This is going to be great. Actually, I do feel like I just need to update people on the old coffee machine thing. Is that worth doing? Is there a connection with runners? Is it, you know? Well, I don't know if there is, but I know that we got a lot of feedback after last week's show <laughs> um, where you were very confused and, you know, you whizzing off your tits over coffee machines and <laughs> all kinds of stuff and what to buy and why to buy by and yada 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 so i do feel that we require the um a bit of closure on that if you will yeah 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 i mean we were so if you're able to provide that i think it's definitely worth talking about even though it's nothing to do with running honestly we were inundated with requests for the outcome of this decision we i mean it's just snowed <laughs> under the amount of people that got in touch well the line the lines lit up jake didn't they the the phone lines lit up it was crazy <laughs> look i couldn't decide which flipping coffee machine to buy we needed one we've got like an espresso pod thing espresso whatever you call it that's on the blink had it years uh decided to go bean to cup so kind of a halfway like you know midway thing isn't it it's like in between you know what i mean it's not like full-on i'm basically not going to grind my own beans i'm going to do that i think the machine does that 
but it's not quite it's not like the pod thing either so it's like in between martina's like honestly literally the tasmanian devil when she goes to work before she goes to work it's like a whirlwind hello bye she's gone so she she can't be faffed about grinding beans it'd be too much stress i'd end up doing it so we just went for the you know i think it's a smeg one smeg Lavazza smeg thing i don't know it's coming tomorrow i'm very excited Ooh, a smeg i can only dream of a smeg around here jake you know the best we do is a box well listen I, it's the best I, we do I, I i'm not buying it martina paid for it i said look if you want this one you go for it so that's what's coming tomorrow. Mm. We shall see. We shall see. Look, anyway, let's move on. Mm. We have an awesome guest on today's show, Dr. Jamie Pugh from Liverpool's John Moores University. He's actually an advisor for our seven. You may know of the new team, the brand new ultra endurance team. We've had a lot of their athletes on the show. Some great guests, really inspiring stuff. Well, he's an advisor for them and he's been away recently on the training camp that they had in Italy. So really excited to catch up with him. Stick around. You're going to love it. For the show notes and video content... Go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. Right, I hope you're all sitting comfortably or, you know, jogging comfortably, running comfortably. Wherever you listen to the episode today, you need to pay attention because this is going to be an awesome chat. Today's guest is Dr. Jamie Pugh. I'm going to be honest with you. I am personally very excited to have a good old chat with Jamie because there's one or two things that I would like to pick his brains on as a runner myself. Yes, I'm a coach. I want to help people. I want to spread the love, motivate people. But actually, I'm a runner through and through myself. So it's going to be a great chat. Welcome to the show, Jamie Pugh. Nice to see you, my friend. How are you doing? Good morning. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, not too bad. I'm really pleased we're recording now. It's like half past nine as we record this, and the, I don't know what they're doing upstairs. We're living in an apartment block, right? And the guy upstairs, he's like, just, he must be renovating everything from the ground up. It's so noisy, but the builders don't start till 11, so this is good timing, so we'll crack on. Perfect. This is good. Now, Jamie, first of all, just tell me a bit about yourself, because I know a man of many talents, very interested in lots of different things where exercise is concerned. I know you have some specific interests as well. And of course, you do a lot of work with um, who I would class as, as a friend of the show, Hour 7, so a brand new um, ultra-endurance team. These guys are great. We've had lots of their different athletes on the show. And you do some work with them as well. And and you're based in, you do some work for Liverpool, John, uh, John Moore's University in Liverpool, right? John Moore's. Busy man. Uh, yeah, too busy sometimes. Um, so I did my, my PhD here at Liverpool John Moore's University, I then did uh, a couple of years as just a, a full-time researcher doing a, a postdoctorate, and then they absolutely couldn't get rid of me, can't get rid of me. I've got a permanent position here now as a, a senior lecturer in exercise physiology. And like you said, the really cool thing about being at Liverpool John Moores is that it's almost actively encouraged that the lecturers, the researchers have a, have a foot in the, the real world, the applied world as well. So during my PhD, I've worked with Premier League football teams, I've worked with international rugby teams, and then how I've always tried to sort of gravitate towards, I've done lots then in endurance sports. So it's lucky enough to uh, to get involved with Steve Vernon and Team New Balance Manchester, did a lot with them. Um, Steve was a, was a great point of contact and uh, someone I could lean on a lot. And from that, it sort of spiralled. Did some stuff with British athletics, British cross country. The most recent addition to all of that, as you said, is is our seven that I've been really lucky to be involved with for the last 
you know, maybe 12 months or so. Um, and that's been that's been incredible as well. It's amazing how quickly time flies, isn't it? 12 months, part of the, the hour 17, which is awesome. And uh, you sound overqualified, by the way, for this show, but stick around. Look, come on, just be patient with us. We, we really want to have a good good old chat with you. The most qualified, maybe in full-time blagging, <laughs> maybe. Maybe I'll get found out at some point. Oh, you're fitting well on this show then. You really will. I love what you mentioned there about, about the applied world. That's that's really important, isn't it? You know, people listening to this show, uh, recreational runners that are spinning other plates, lives and family and work and stuff. You know, they're, they're, they've got their own aspirations and goals where running's concerned and, and no doubt many want to improve their performance, whatever that means to them. And there's lots of research out there, isn't there? There's lots of information, almost like it's overwhelm. I certainly find that, Jamie. You know, as a runner myself, I've, I find that I can just research anything and everything. And sometimes it's hard to know, you know, the facts from the fiction and kind of sift through it. And then it's applying that stuff, actually in the real world and your world as well I think I'm interested to know your thoughts on that because people's yeah. worlds are different aren't they what works for one doesn't doesn't work for the other it's huge and when you start to go down any rabbit hole you can start to become fixated on it and think this is the most important thing and so even for some runners we might all react differently because maybe we're not hitting some of the basics in the same way or we're not thinking about other aspects in the same way so you could take um, any one example of, of training sessions and yes, there'll be differences because maybe our muscles are different, our physiology is different. But the other thing is if that you're getting 10 hours sleep a night, your nutrition is dialed in, everything else, and I'm rocking five hours sleep, never got, getting my nutrition right. Well, even then straight away, the same session will have completely different effects. So it's you have to look at the big picture, which is why coaching is important which I speak to people is important and just looking at every single thing when you can and thinking okay what are the most important aspects to my training or to my lifestyle or to whatever it is because like you said you can go down a million rabbit holes get focused on all these crazy things but you've only got so much time and energy to to take action on some of them yeah and I guess, I guess you want the biggest return for your effort don't you? you you know if you want to improve your performance is it is it buying the latest carbon shoes or actually if you're somebody that just has terrible sleep and you're sleeping for less than five hours most nights as an average as you mentioned is that an area of focus rather than the carbon shoes you know will the carbon shoes offset the poor sleep so i guess it's like a order of priority do you think there's a convenience thing here as well for people in the sense that actually if there's a supplement that they've read that is a good thing to take and that's easier to buy and take rather than to focus on something like sleep as an example that must be where the appeal is that whole convenience thing we want things fast don't we and that goes from recreational athletes all the way through to the elites even the elites were the same if, if there was a guaranteed safe and legal supplement uh, protocol something and you could say well you're now going to be x percent quicker i think most people would would choose it rather than saying okay for the next six weeks i want you to really focus on going to bed at the same time getting up at the same time getting up like those tasks seem really tedious boring doesn't seem sexy you can't there's no instant sort of gratification or instant success so they can be they can be tough um and the other thing is that that you i've realized over the years of with working with some of these athletes is that like we're all people as well so sometimes it might not be the most important thing 
But if it's something you're really interested in, I don't want to then be the person that comes in and just absolutely like takes a sledgehammer to it and go, no, forget about that. Like you're ridiculous. We need to be looking at this instead. Like you have to, I'm not going to say humor people, but if someone's got an interest in an area, then you do have to encourage it a little bit. And then at the same time, maybe shift their focus, maybe just a few degrees and also look at this area as well. Um, Cause I said, if you're, if you're interested in running, you're probably interested in other aspects of it as well. And almost more so if you're, if you're doing this, you know, like me, like a lot of people for fun as a hobby, then you do want to get into and interested in other aspects. So it can be quite fun just like going down the rabbit hole as well. So it's, it's a, it's knowing how much energy to put into some of these things. Yeah, that's a great phrase to use, actually, how much energy to put into these things, because it, it can be complicated, can't it? Especially if you're the individual that is wired like a sponge. You just want to absorb knowledge and information. And, and it, I find as well, and I'm talking as a coach here, Jamie, it's, it's quite easy for people, and I've done this before, to go down a certain path with training. So, right, I'm going to follow this approach, whether it's a specific training plan or whatever. This this is the approach for this race, right? This This outcome that I want. And then all of a sudden, you're part way down this path and you're, you, you're taking on board some other information or you're seeing somebody else on Strava or what they're doing or, you know, that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, you create yeah. your own fork in the road. There wasn't a fork there. You were quite happy going down this yeah. path. But all of a sudden, you're giving yourself some, some other options, some other things to think about, some more confusion. It's, it's really hard, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah, yeah definitely. And you'll probably coach people like this as well, where on the outside, you'll have one runner who just seems to get on, doesn't overly stress, and is just knocking it out of the park. They're improving month after month, year after year. And then you'll have another runner. You get frustrated for them because they seem to think about every aspect. They focus and stress on all of the tiny details. But they almost could be on the treadmill, like in the sense of they just not, they don't seem to ever be improving. Um, and it's not always the case like that, but you'll have seen instances like that, definitely. I, I, but, and yeah, we absolutely see that in the lab. I've banned one of my runners from reading, Jamie. I've told him, just he messages me. I mean, I love him. He's amazing. Uh, I love coaching with him, coaching him. I love working with him. But he, he's sending me this information, these articles. That I said, just stop reading. I'm banning you from reading now until after your marathon. You're not allowed to read anymore. But it's true, isn't it? Because you can easily get pulled from pillar to post. And, and sometimes you're allowing that to happen yourself I, I mean i don't know if those if this is such a term but what i like to use is is kind of you know we hear about these marginal gains but i think some people are still in a place where they can focus and think about the majority gains so they're not at the the one percent end of things where they're looking at you know that that level of improvement they've got to train 12 months and you know, four years for the olympics to increase by one percent they're not at that point actually just adding in a fourth exercise session cardiovascular session if they're running three times a week let's say and they add in a fourth run or some cross training that's going to give them a bigger return potentially than focusing on something that you know, they're getting, they've gone down that rabbit hole on. Yeah, yeah massive. And the other difference to think about with elite athletes, as like I said, one, their training age is going to be so much bigger. So they are chasing smaller percentages. They've also got huge networks around them to take that stress of thinking of those, those marginal gains from them as well. So the athlete isn't necessarily sitting there worrying about thinking about all of these things someone else or a team of people are probably doing this but someone like me is probably behind the scenes stressing about okay how many grams of this or should we have something should we have this post race or this post race and so the athlete is getting the advantage of all of those 
but without having to, like you said, expend that energy of, of stressing about it. So as you said, if you're now, uh, you're self-supported, you're doing this all by yourself, the biggest gains to be had of thinking about, like, where are my big gains going to come from? Am I consistent in my training? Have I hit all of my sessions for the last 10 weeks? I think most runners, if they look back on their Strava, their Garmin, whatever it would be, and said, did I 100% manage to hit all of the se- uh, sessions I had planned? You'd see a huge range of how many can hit that and how many don't get anywhere near it. That's a really good point because it is, it's draining, isn't it? And if, if you are part of a professional team, so the likes of our seven, or you have a coach or you're working with other professionals, you've got people like in the wings that are helping you that are working that out, you know, on a, on a, on a simple, probably quite a common uh, level. And to give you an example, it's like working with a, um, a physiotherapist and they're taking care of the issue that you have. It doesn't mean that the issue isn't there. It's just that they're taking, they're bearing some of the load of that. You know, you might have things to do yourself. You've got to play your role, maybe do your single leg balance work or whatever, but you've got some support there. And of course, not only is support helpful in a physical sense to help you move forward, but mentally, because you've got other stuff going on, as we keep saying, you've got things going on. Um, so I think it's a really important point to make. Tell, tell me, just talking about you know, the high level stuff now, working with our seven. I mean, we spoke with, uh, well, we've had many people on. We had Robbie Britton on recently, who was fresh off the back of the trip in Italy. I say in Italy, he's out there all the time. But they had a, a meeting out there, didn't they? A training camp role, though, which looked incredible from what I saw on Instagram. What work were you doing out there? What was your role? So I was there just to, first of all, be around the athletes. So the big, one of the big things that I found over the years is that like we tend to call them like corridor conversations. So like an athlete, it can be, if we sit with an athlete and it's like, right, you sit one side of the table, I sit the other and I'm going to ask you all these questions. You don't always get the answers. So that was part of it. Like it's just nice to be around athletes and over the course of a week, by the end of the week that I was there, athletes were asking you questions about, well, what should I eat during this section of my 100K race? Or what do you think I should do at this point in my 24 hour? And all of these things. So that was a huge part of it. And then the, the formal part of it was to just do a little bit of testing with some of the athletes. So we were doing some, some lactate testing in some of their sessions just to see uh, in the field, in the real world, okay, if, if you run for an hour at this pace, will, what uh, intensity zone will you be in? Would that be sustainable in the current your current state for two hours, four hours, 24 hours, um, which is obviously that step further than what we can potentially do in the lab. So we do a lot of lab testing here for the ultra marathon runners, for the marathon runners, all the endurance athletes. Um, but to take it into the, into the field is, is, does have a big advantage. Um, and it, it helps monitor it acutely as well. So we were at altitude, it was hot. So especially the first couple of days where athletes might get a little bit of carried away because you look at the Garmin and you think, okay, well, I, I usually run it this pace for this type of session, I'll just go and do the same. You can look at it and say, well, actually, for now, you need to drop off a little bit because this isn't going to be sustainable for the time that we're here. You might overcook it. You might become a little bit overtrained. Um, and then I suppose the other really cool thing is we could also do that with our uh, trail and mountain runners as well. So we could look at one of the things that we did, we looked at the effect of uh, hill running and pacing up hills. So we found this 15 minute climb. We put ourselves about two thirds of the way up and we were just taking lactates as the athletes were coming there. We did a few reps and we could give that instant feedback to say to the athlete, look, you're working a little bit hard on that one. Let's see if you can recover on the downhill. And then also let's see if you 
took your foot off the the gas, maybe ten percent. What would that do? Um, and it just gives, helps give athletes that real world feedback in terms of okay, if you were in a race and you had a fifteen minute hill, great, you know it's sustainable. If that hill was all of a sudden half an hour's worth of climb there's a pretty good chance that by the end you would have slowed dramatically your recovery at the top wouldn't have been as good and all these things um and then these aren't the most controlled but you can do a few little uh like soft experiments and even with a couple of the athletes we were looking at the effect of uh going up the hills with poles versus without the poles so we could just compare um, as I said, we can't, we can't control how fast they run. We can't control all these other things, but it does give them a good gauge as well as their own internal feedback as, as well of which one felt better. Um, so we had some really cool data. One of the athletes um, was a little bit slower on the uphill with the poles, but they told us they felt better. And then what was really cool is that their recovery on the downhill was better and they were running faster. So you have that straight away that's something usable and tangible that they can take forward into a race and have confidence of not just okay I'm guessing now there is some science behind this potentially of why this might be better for me in a race that's great isn't it because it goes back to that big picture that you mentioned earlier it's like context you know talking about well actually a bit slower with the poles up the hill yeah but you know you're faster coming down you're recovering better so overall you are ahead in terms of you know the gains and the benefits the value is there Re- really yeah, useful yeah. you know i think it's easy you know thinking about people maybe just you know maybe maybe club runners people that don't do the the, the ultra endurance kind of mountainous stuff that it's very easy to focus purely on on pace as a metric and am i faster when i do these 400 reps with the club for example well are you recovering quicker what's your recovery time is that less than it used to be for the same pace and the same effort so therefore that's going to tell you something isn't it again context is it hot is there a headwind how are you feeding did you have five hours sleep as we mentioned all those things are instrumental in understanding that that bigger picture building that picture for yourself i find all that fascinating actually i mean like you say we've said many times it can be overwhelming as well going down a rabbit hole so trying to sometimes simplify things uh, which clearly you're very good at doing with people that perhaps don't have your level of knowledge and expertise is really helpful because then you're able to apply it in the real world. It starts to make some sense. Just touching on the the physiological testing side of stuff, because this is something that fascinates me. I test a lot of the runners that I work with. Uh, we use the Human Performance Unit up in Derby. There's the University of Bath as well. That's another test partner for for my coaching. And I, and I love it. And I'm, I'm due a test myself, actually. Um, but lactate threshold. So we're talking... Lactate term point, LT2. I know there's different different names for this, but most runners will call threshold running as the, the kind of second jump in their, in their blood lactate. How would you define that to somebody that didn't really know? And, and what sort of thoughts and advice do you have around that sort of, around training at that intensity? You know, some people say, well, it's the maximum effort you can sustain for 60 minutes in a race situation. And then there's people thinking, well, there's no way I could run at this effort for 60 minutes. Maybe that's not my like take threshold what's your thoughts on that like you said it is just one of the tools i give you a really good recent example we had an athlete in um last week last last friday really good male marathon runner we did some some threshold testing with him and then every athlete when they do this wants to you know wants to say okay what kind what could i run for the marathon which is like a really tough question because the only answer to that is we'll go run a marathon and then i'll tell you at the end like the, the, the no, there's no medals and times given out for, for lactate values and then when you look at 
there's lots of different models to predict performance. And for that athlete, the window of prediction was between 218 and 208. So that's a huge like 10 minute window. And I'm sure how that athlete would feel if they ran 218 versus how they ran 208 would be pretty different. Um, so these models, they're not perfect at all. It can be a bit of a gauge. I think most runners can intuitively feel what those intensity zones are just from their breathing rate, how well they can talk and things like that. Um, but then it's being honest with the type of session because I think even if people know it intuitively and you set a threshold session, ego can take over and all of a sudden you do want to run 30 seconds a mile quicker. And so instead of now being in that nice threshold zone, so lactate somewhere between maybe like two and four millimoles, something like that, the athlete would probably be at eight millimole, which again, you can sustain for an effort in training you could probably sustain that for maybe like it's maybe up to an hour, but if the goal is to run that for a half marathon or for a marathon, you're you're not then helping the adaptations. So there are lots of different ways to to define it. We use a few different models here. We use a few different protocols. One of the the really cool things that we've done over the last few years with all of the elites is we've moved we've moved away a little bit from just using strict threshold protocols just to try and give us that little bit more information so we can look at um okay what happens if you run over 90 minutes instead of just a short and sort of 40 minute test because maybe that'll be a bit more reflective of how you'll feel towards the end of the marathon um or the end of a or partway through an ultra something like that um i'm not really answering your question here at all i'm <laughs> sorry um in terms of definitions yeah there's, there's there's two threshold points um, the first one is when you go from easy exercise to what you probably call moderate exercise. The second turn point in lactate is from moderate to, to severe intensity or high intensity work. Um, and again, what we could probably go back to, there'll be some athletes who never think about these things whatsoever, who just do training sessions and improve. But what we are starting to see with the elite of the elite is that the more they hone in on this stuff, the more they focus in on making sure they hit the specific, not just the specific speed, but the specific intensity are starting to see the biggest improvements and the biggest longevity as well, because it's not just about smashing one session. It's about, okay, can you come back the next week and not be tired and be able to do that again and again and again and again? Again, it's boring, isn't it? But putting together 12 weeks, blocks, year after year after year, for you know, a few years leads to huge improvements, huge improvements, and that's what we're seeing in um, in some of the Ironman athletes, for example, and some of the Scandinavian athletes. They're really starting to take advantage of all of this type of work, um, and it, it's it's paying off. Just to put it out there, I think you answered that and then some. So thank you for that, Jamie. I really do appreciate it. And it's not <laughs> an easy thing to answer because it's not a black and white. You know, this is this is this is how it is. And sometimes when we test athletes, we test runners and that maybe have not had a blood lactate test before that question well what can i do in the marathon and and it's just another little piece of information that helps inform the training and maybe sort of gives a little bit of an idea and it is an idea as you say 208 versus 218 and at that speed as well 10 minutes is significant i mean that 10 minutes is a is a is a big chunk of time a big difference in a marathon finish time for people running three four five hours but at that level i mean it must yeah. seem like an age yeah. <laughs> that's all of the models and we can you know we can use a bit of experience we can use a bit of critical thinking and and 
take some of those models out and then so we can maybe broaden that range that we broaden that range down to the athletes for probably between 208 and 2012 so now you're in a much tighter tighter range the the one thing it does obviously do it, it can help athletes be realistic in, in a positive way and, a, and sometimes a negative way maybe if some of the athletes come in they think they're only a 215 shape for the for the males and we go actually do you know what i think that's at the lower end of what you could achieve if you want you could be ambitious and push for this or if there's a pacing group you could go with them and similarly like you sometimes have to have those awkward situations with athletes where they really want to hit a high a, a quicker time and i sort of sit with them and say look in this shape today you would find that a struggle if you went off at that pace it would be a big gamble and things would have to go really well or training will have to improve the next so many weeks and um, because you're you're probably not quite there yet. So it can be good as for that. Um, and we certainly use that to even sometimes just give an athlete confidence. We had one of the the female uh, marathon runners in a month or so ago, and it just gave that confidence of like two sub 230 is absolutely like well within her capabilities currently, never mind then what she hopes to go and run in a couple of years' time. Um, so like I said, sometimes it's just nice to reinforce that, that, it's not just your coach saying it. It's not just you. Can, like physiologically, you can do this comfortably at the moment. There's such an emotional part of this, isn't the psychological part of training and racing and having the support of people around you. And that can, you know, not necessarily coaches and physiologists and experts, exercise scientists, but just having family, friends, and your your running buddies. You know, we know how supportive the running community is. I think that can help sometimes individuals reframe a little bit because things can be used. Bits of information can used for confidence can't they is uh, viewed as positive bits of information that therefore give us confidence we grow in confidence but it can go the other way as well and i find i'm interested to know your thoughts as well if somebody puts too much pressure on an outcome in the sense that let's say they do some form of test because you don't have to do a you know a, a lab controlled blood lactate test i love it you love that stuff but you don't have to do that there's other ways it could be a training session you do regularly it could be some form of test on the track something where you lay down a bit of a marker i don't know it might be a fast flat park run that you've done a number of times in your training conditions are the same so that's important isn't it trying to keep those environmental factors similar uh, and then you you sort of go and race it and see where you are yes you will probably want to improve you will probably want to see those numbers where you want them to be be it pace or finish time or blood lactate levels or whatever but actually if they're not where you would really like them to be it's still giving you information as to where you are at present which can help you move forward does, does that make some sense jamie that i sort of try and explain that to my runners sometimes look we just want to know where you are and we're going to use this information to help us understand where you are even if you're not like 100 happy with where you are we need to know you know through no fault of their own if a runner has been injured and they've done everything right, we know sometimes things just happen, they've been forced out the game for a while, well, naturally they will have lost some fitness if they've not been doing much for five or six weeks. It's not their fault, yeah. but we need to know where they are. Do you, do you sort of, do you get that? Does that make some sense to you? Massively. And I think where elite athletes often have a lot of added benefits over recreational runners, this is probably one of those places where it's it's almost the exact opposite. Because to if you're, if you've, previously been a GB runner or you've run internationally or you've been selected for major championships and now you're not because your results aren't there it's very difficult to only look at the process for those athletes because maybe their livelihood depends on it and um, maybe their identity de- depends on it as well but trying to reframe it is a huge part of it to say that 
you've ran 30 minutes for for 10k previously and now you're you're four minutes off that which is huge but that's where you are and that's what you've got to deal with so we need to readjust things set new goals and then try and be accountable to those over the next and then we'll set a realistic out uh, timeline for that so for some of the athletes we're setting six or 12 month goals and we're all being honest with that and saying that you're not going to get as fit as you were in the next six weeks we're saying okay in six weeks you might be as fit as you are now you might not even be any fitter but maybe you're training a little bit more often again maybe the pain in your injury the site of your injury has come down um and then so you have to do those sorts of things you have to be honest as as a as a performance team with everyone you can't sugarcoat anything um you can't kid anyone you have to set all of those goals and then when you can still try and make it fun and enjoyable because it is still a process and if as soon as it stops becoming fun and enjoyable then the athlete might as well go do something else because this this should be uh, a sport of love it should it should come from a place that they used to enjoy it they do enjoy it they want to keep doing it and if we put too much pressure on and we take all of that stuff away then um yeah it's not going to lead to a healthy scenario for the even for an elite athlete you want them to come and enjoy going out for a run the exact same way that we all enjoy going out for a run i couldn't agree more with that jamie it's a choice isn't it it is the bottom line and it doesn't mean that people listening to this may think well I don't enjoy every single time I put my shoes on and go out there no you might not that's okay but overall do you enjoy your running do you enjoy your relationship with running what it gives you how it makes you feel the influence it has on your life from the inside out the influence it has on your relationships with other people around you you know is it is it helping you to be uh, a good role model to your kids so they're seeing you exercise and you know attending the local park run so all those things really should bring you joy and that's not to come across as a bit fluffy but it really should and and, and overall no no it, and it makes a massive mm. difference the two like i said the two main uh groups that i've been involved with team new balance manchester and, and now our seven are probably huge testaments to that if you create these environments where athletes can come together enjoy it share experiences share successes share, share failures um like you can see the success that both teams are having, you know, re- relative to each other. Kieran McGeehan just won silver medal at European Championships. We've got athletes from our seven about to compete uh, internationally for the first time. And he said that, that it's, it's almost intangible, but for our seven, when you go on a training camp, just bringing athletes together to talk to each other, to laugh together, to run together that's uh yeah that's a huge thing and, and one person we all know of that is uh, certainly all for the team spirit and the community and the support and running together is is kipchoge and uh, you know he's he's always posting stuff we're always seeing uh, some of the things that he says in interviews about the team and he is only one part of you know just amazing stuff because we all need that connection don't we and especially when it's in a an area of our life that is a passion and a choice as we say you know with with running massive massive thing yeah, i really yeah, like yeah. what you said there as well talking about identity because actually like for for a lot of recreational runners i think it's important to be aware that if you have a bad run quote unquote that that doesn't that's not your identity you are not your bad run you had a bad run (laughs) it's really important to make that difference don't spend the whole weekend beating yourself up because you were five seconds slower in park run than you were last week I think that's very important. So, Jamie, you're clearly up for helping everybody else in the world with running. I love it. Your passion is clearly coming across on this show. What about you? 
Do you run? Do you train? I'm asking, but I know you do because I've seen your Instagram. Do you train for like wellness or are you, are you training for a race? I see you doing a bit of running. This is really weird, right? Because growing up, it was football, football, football. And if somebody would have told me that I ran and worked with runners, I'd have thought that person was crazy. I didn't think I'd be here now. But, um, but the big difference that I see is that football, I was always mega competitive. Even if it was a little training session, I lost. I would be fuming. Running, I can be a little bit competitive, but I just do it for the enjoyment of doing it. I love going, I love using running as an excuse to go to amazing places. It's great when you go to a new city, it's like a perfect way to explore. And like having that hour in the morning, like I said, I got, I got up this morning, just went for a, a run, stuck a podcast on, and it's a little hour, almost like meditation to yourself, isn't it? So I do, I do run pretty much every single day. Um, the competitive side has, has crept in a little bit. Um, Robbie, Robbie Britton has actually started coaching. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Is that like the, what's the opposite of a testimony? <laughs> I say that Robbie's coaching awesome. me. Awesome. <laughs> so Robbie, Robbie's helping me with a little bit of coaching. I did uh, a little mountain ultra a couple of weeks ago. And I'm doing uh, Chilton Way 50 next, next Sorry, month. is there such a thing as so, a little um, mountain ultra? I don't know, is there? I'll Google it later. I'm not sure there is. <laughs> I d- it didn't feel it at the time. My legs would not have said it was a little mountain ultra. But, um, but like I said, it's, I've, I've done some of the, you know, I've done club runs for club champs and stuff in the past, and it's great. I'm not knocking people that do it. It's, it's amazing. But I did get to the point with, with some of that stuff where I was like, ah. and maybe it's from working with the elites a little bit, but I looked at it and thought, ah. My time's a little bit naff compared to theirs, and why am I doing this? You know, like I said, you you look at what your identity is, and um, so I just I just love using the running now and the trainers as an excuse to get in the car and head to the Peak District or go out to some of the the, the hills and the mountains in North Wales and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, look, running um, it's it's nice to keep it separate from from some of the stuff we do with the elites, um, but equally it's it's a huge yeah it's a huge part of my life professionally and then. Uh, personally as well. I really appreciate you sharing that with me. I, I love the insight there because I didn't actually ask you why you run. I asked you what you do. Do you run? Do you do events? And you told me why you run. I, 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 how powerful is that? And it's to me, as soon as I listened to you, I just thought, well, here's a man that's got the balance right for you because balance is personal, isn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And like I said, and it's yeah, it's going to be different to some elites. And like I said, it's not... Like said, finding that why I think is important for everyone. And like I said, and it's not that if if you know for somebody wants to go and chase down a, a 5k pb no matter what that might be a 10k or a marathon it's let's say we've all got to do it for our, for our reasons we've all need that motivation of why we're going to get out the door at maybe six in the morning or, or six at night after work so um yeah so it gets important to find that. and it took me a long time to get that definitely um i think there's about maybe two and a half years where i I think my absolute go-to was just an hour at eight-minute mile pace every single day because I knew I knew I still wanted to get out and run and I enjoyed it, but that why it maybe lost beyond going out and and yeah, just taking it off for the day. Jamie, it's been absolutely awesome chatting to you on the show today, and it's so funny because no, the, I've loved it. Thanks regular for listeners to the show will think, well, this bit must be scripted because Jamie's now, you know, Jake's about to wrap up. Jamie's talking about why and motivation and all these things. This is not scripted in any way, shape, or form, but this is a very appropriate way to end this chat. I'm really pleased that you brought up the topic of motivation and why, because before I let you go, Jamie, I do have one final killer question for you. We ask all of our guests this question on the show. 
<laughs> you look nervous. Don't look nervous, mate. It's fine. <laughs> no, it's no, no, fine. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. What does the word motivation mean to you? Oh, that's a big question. I feel like that's that's like beyond the enormity of one person's brain, isn't Some it? Some people take the time. Um, take the time. We're in no hurry, my friend. I think it's, it's almost going to be similar to what I've just said, isn't it? Motivation is, is finding the why you want to do something. And maybe there'll be more than one why. So it could be that your job depends on it. It could be that, um, you know, you, you want to hit a certain number because, you know, of some arbitrary like societal pressure that we put on, like your, the first sub 40 10K or something like that, or sub three at a marathon. And I said, those whys, yeah, they can be arbitrary, but they're going to be. But I think you have to find your own why. Um, I think that's is that is that a good enough answer? It's definitely in the top five, and we've done a lot of episodes, man. We've or, done a lot of episodes. Or is it just, or is it just a hardcore running playlist? That is that what, <laughs> is that what motivation is? It's one of them. Jamie, I love it. Absolutely awesome to chat to you today on the show. Have a great rest of the day. Let's catch up soon. Thanks for having us on. Speak soon. Running with Jake, the podcast. We need to mention the London Marathon. We're knocking on the door of it now. Now, look, I know if you're not doing London and you've got another marathon in your sights, it's important to be aware of that as well. I know everybody talks about London. It's obviously massive, but we're like three weeks away from London, something like that. Uh, This weekend, if you're listening to this on the day of release, uh, this podcast, then it will be potentially most people's last long run the big long run before the big day if you're uh, if you've got an uh, an autumn marathon that's perhaps a little bit later into the autumn then maybe you've got a couple you know two three long runs ahead of you but it's definitely worth bearing in mind that it's not the be all and end all this this final long run that you do i think i see a lot of people pete put too much focus on this long run i've done it before it's got to be amazing and you know maybe you're looking at covering a certain distance or maybe you're looking at running a certain portion of that long run at marathon pace and it's got to go well and you've got to hit your target and you've got to ah, and if it doesn't go well I'm going to have an awful marathon no you're not really like there's so many runners that have a poor long run the final long run say three weeks out before a marathon then actually they have a great race on the day and conversely there's people that have a really good long run super successful with marathon pace and everything three weeks out from the race and then they have a bit of a stinker on the day so don't put too much focus on it you know what I mean pressure just be careful of that it's all of your training sessions as we always say with all of our guests on the show it's all your training sessions come together don't just focus on one magical golden long run and think that that's going to suggest whether you are successful or unsuccessful on the day of your race because it is not true and with that said I think it's time to take another one of your questions it is hashtag ask Jake today's question comes from Tom who wants to know if it's okay to consume solid foods during a marathon He's not a big fan of gels. He wants to know what I think. Tom, the short answer is yes, absolutely. You can take solid foods during a marathon, but there are certainly some considerations. So most runners will opt for gels mainly because they are very easy to consume, certainly to digest and consume. They're convenient, easy to carry, all that sort of stuff. So depending on the solid food that you are thinking of taking, it's probably going to take you a little bit more time. They might be heavier to carry, which is something you might need to factor into your training and racing and time aspirations, but also the time it takes you to consume them. So just going into the marathon with your eyes open and aware of those factors, I think can really help you. And as I say, with all of these sorts of race strategies, 
try and test it in training beforehand. So leave as little to chance as possible on the day. Uh, and then what you want to do if you decide to go down the solid route on the day of your marathon, uh, after the race, just review it, reflect. Did it work for you? What would you change? What would you keep moving forward to maybe another marathon? And that can help you to really move your marathon running forward. I hope that helps. Good luck in your upcoming race. If you've got a question, it's hashtag AskJake, or you can drop me an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com. I feel it's gone too quickly, Jake. I've enjoyed this. What, are you, are you doing the wrap-up now? Are you are you doing this bit? I thought I did this bit, like the close of the show, you know, the, where we, we wrap it up. No, 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 that was just a... You, you wrap it up, of oh. course you do. That was just a pre-wrap-up ah. thought. As in, you know, the show's done. I've enjoyed it. It's been nice. And then I'm very aware of when the show's finished and we finish wrapping up, um, I'm going to be left on my own again. And, uh, you know, I've liked your company. Yeah, it's been sad, nice. isn't it? Sad times. All working from home. Lonely, lonely. A life on Zoom. Microsoft Teams. We know the score. Jake, hold me. <laughs> hold me. It's a virtual hold. Touch the screen. <laughs> hold me close. Look, we've got to go. Don't Have a me. fantastic week of running. Don't put too much pressure on that final long run. You know the score. If you have a marathon coming up, don't put too much pressure on it. Enjoy it. Look after yourself. And we will be back next week with your weekly dose of running motivation. Don't leave me. Oh, and one more thing. Nothing is impossible, for the word itself says I'm possible. <laughs>